What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, Hogline Nation. You are listening to the 253rd episode of the podcast. Another week down. Well, not at the time we're recording. We still have one game left. But by the time you're hearing this, week four will be in the books. We'll be moving on to week five. Switching up our schedule a little bit, recording on a Monday night. Uh, Tonight we have the Seattle Seahawks traveling to MetLife to take on the New York Giants in what seemingly seems like a must-win game for the Giants. Um, But, yeah, how are you guys feeling? I feel like overall, nothing really went right for me this weekend. And obviously we're going to get to the Steelers in the second segment of the show with the Steelers, the two fancy teams I care the most about, my bets... It was just a, a weekend I kind of want to throw away and hit the reset button. I don't know how you guys feel. That's how it uh, for me. <laughs> yeah, betting-wise for Shreff, sure. I feel the same way about just really the Steelers, and that's kind of consumes my whole weekend. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, if you've been following along our picks, we'll get to it at the end, but... uh I guess you can infer what Shreff's record was just based on our sentiment there. Um, but we'll get to the Eagles rant of the week, which even though they didn't lose, has a potential to be more of a rant-based spiel instead of a uh, just a kind yeah, of more thoughts. of a recap. But Eagles win in overtime, 34-31 to at home against the Washington Commanders. Shreff, take it away. Yeah, uh, I feel like this is the fourth straight week that I've said this, but a, a win is a win to start. A win is a win. Um, I'm not going to look past that fact. It's a it's a divisional matchup. Um, never going to be an easy win most of the time. Um, and I also like before going into the Eagles, I do want to say I thought the I thought the Commanders played like a really good football game. Like that, like that defensive line is legit. Um, they were there the entire game. Um, I was surprised by the secondary, even though uh, like AJ Brown did have a big game. I thought Emmanuel Forbes, like the fact that he was getting in his head a little bit, like showed that he was playing pretty good. I know that the the stat line doesn't reflect that, but I was I, I was impressed by the Commanders. I was very impressed by Sam Howe as well. Um, so that's the starter. Uh, this game was another weird one. 
Um, I'll start with Jalen Hurts. I thought it was his best game so far this season for starters. Um, I thought he made a lot of very good throws that we were kind of more accustomed to seeing last year. Um, and especially like at the right moments too. Um, and that includes even running the ball, which was something like that's what makes him him is when he can run the ball. Um, there are some thoughts that I have on some of their design QB runs and the way that they've been going. Um, but there was one where he uh, avoided a sack, found the hole in the middle, took it back to the outside on a juke move, very like Jalen Hurts-esque. And I believe that was on a long either second down or third down and converted that. And then the throw on third down that led to the touchdown um, had to have it, got it, great throw. He was still missing some easy ones. And I think more than the throwing for me, it's been his pocket presence. Um, I saw people talking about it on Twitter a little bit and just watching the game, you can see it. Like there's times where it feels like he leaves the pocket before he has to. Um, and then conversely, it feels like there's other times where he should maybe consider leaving the pocket and he hangs in a little bit too long and it either forces a, a weird timed throw or a sack sometimes. Um, but the pocket presence just hasn't been where I'd like it to be. It feels like he's starting to work into his throws a little bit more. Um, I felt like this was the most, I guess, polished he's looked so far this year as a passer. Um, but still, just from play to play, I'd, I'd like to see his pocket awareness get a little bit better. Um, where I am going to start a little bit more of a rant is going to be the defense. And for me, it it's way too reminiscent of last season. And I guess I shouldn't be surprised because Gannon was obviously a, a Fangio kind of disciple and Desai is the same. So the philosophies are very similar. But when the philosophies are very similar, it also means that the problems are pretty similar. And the problem last year was that, yes, a lot of the time the defensive line would dominate pretty much from start to finish. And if that was happening, the defense was clicking on all cylinders because the defensive backs were able to get a little more aggressive on throws because they were coming out a little early or just a little off. Um, the whole defense got to eat because of the defensive line. Um, the problem was when they faced eat when either the offensive line was good enough to keep them at bay or the scheme that they were running was making it so that they were getting the ball out fast enough. The defense was a pretty much a liability because uh, the way that they run their scheme, the linebackers, they don't have guys that, that can cover in space. They can move downhill fine. They can't cover in space. And it, 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 it's the same problem this year. Um, just like massive, massive holes in the defense. Like it felt like there were some throws where there wasn't a guy within like 10 yards of anyone. And it was just like, well, where, where it, someone's got to be there. No one was there. Um, and yeah, it, it's very reminiscent of last year. And obviously on a game to game basis, it's not necessarily like a worry going in because I always do have the feeling that the defensive line is going to be able to get the pressure that's needed for this defense to work. Um, but we saw it against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Dallas has done it to us time and time again. Um, if you have a quarterback that can get the ball out quick and make plays, it, there's there's chances to be had, and they they had them the whole game. Um, yeah, the I wasn't I wasn't very impressed with the defense as a whole, um, and it's kind of the same as it was last season. Um, the other complaint, and then I'll pass to you guys for questions, would just be like. Nick Sirianni said after the game there was a it was a third and eleven. Um, the Eagles, I believe, at the time were up. Mm, 
I don't know if it was seven or if it was a tie game. I forget what, what the situation was, but either way, it was a third and 11 in almost in Washington's red zone. And they ran it to Kenneth Gainwell for about like a three yard gain and then kicked the field goal. And after the game, someone asked him like, why wasn't there a more aggressive play call there? And a Sirianni's response was in the game against, I guess it was Tampa. They did it on like third and eight. They gave it to Swift who found a hole, got the first down on third and eight. And he was like, so it worked last week, and you guys like said it was great. It was bad. And the first thing I thought was like, well, like DeAndre Swift ran for a whole bunch of yards against the Buccaneers. Um, against the Commanders, I believe, he, I, I believe he finished with, it was, I think it was 16 carries for 54 yards, or like 14 for 54. So it like... For me, that goes back to Sirianni in terms of like a making adjustments in game where it's like you're not running the ball as successfully as they were against these other teams so far. Like that is a legit defensive line. Jonathan Allen was making plays all day. Chase Young was in the backfield. It felt like every play. So it's like at some point, I, I understand that it worked last week, but you can't have just the same mindset from week to week. It, it was a baffling decision. And then this is getting picky. I would actually like to hear your guys' thoughts on this part of it. But the Scoring that touchdown with, I think it was like a minute 45 left, a minute 43. And I think Washington might have only had like one timeout left, something along those lines. And it was like, I, I understand that like you, you, you're going to take the points when you can get them, but they were at like the 40 yard line. And I think it was like a, either first or second down. It's like, you really not think that like trying to kill a little more clock wouldn't be the worst idea. I'm not saying like, run it up the middle because we know that wasn't working, but maybe something a little bit quicker, just get the ball in like Devante's hands or someone get like six, seven yards and then just keep that clock moving. Like I know beggars can't be choosers when it comes to scoring in the NFL because it's not guaranteed play to play, but that would be, I would say that's kind of the end of my rant. I was happy with the win. I thought Jalen played better, but there's still things to work on. And the defense showed kind of why I'm a little bit worried about them throughout the rest of the season, especially when they play these top teams. So, Look at this guy complaining about the timing of his touchdown, so we can't even score one. I know, I know. but the, <laughs> I'm just messing with the, you. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I, I feel like it's a I, – I could understand both sides of the argument, but I, I, I was a bit upset about it. E- even as it happened, I literally texted uh, a few of my friends from back home here and said, like, I don't understand why they left so much time. Yeah, scored too quick. I get that. I it was, I'm looking back at the play by play, and it was it was second and four, and I I'd, I would like to watch the all twenty two of this or just a replay. And I, I imagine his first reads were to were just to get the first, but but he I'm hurt. Saw Brownhead Forbes beat, yeah. and you know you, you see that, and you're not gonna go for the touch. You're you're not gonna not go for the touchdown. So yeah. Um. Yeah, it would have been smarter to go conservative and just go for the first down because, like, it's not even like questionable field range. Like they're at like the Washington twenty-five. Like that's like a f- low forty-yarder. Like he should make that. So it's not. If it was like ten yards back, it was like the thirty-five. It's a little different. Maybe you're not as comfortable with that field goal. But um, yeah, I uh, I know it's not Eagles related, but on the topic of play calling that. Or coach's decision making. I was so mad. Like, why? Uh, 
why why did Rivera not go for two at the end? And I'm I'm sure you. Yeah, exactly. And you you and every other Eagles fan watching, I'm sure had a huge sigh of relief when absolutely when you saw that field goal team shot out there. Like no, like the Eagle. I think his excuse after the game, he was asked about it, and he said our guys were gassed. I didn't want to put him back out there in another play, but. Same same logic. They're gas. The Eagles' defense is gas, and you just drove drove down the field on them. And not only are they physically gas, but mentally, like they they just got beat for play after play, and they let up a touchdown to tie the game. So, I I would think that the the Washington has the edge there. Um, And it also and exactly what I said, like came back, like like I said, I agree with you. As soon as they trotted out the kicker, I was thrilled. I felt way more comfortable beating them in overtime than I did on that one play there, especially with the way right. the drive had gone. But then the other part of it, and like I said, like the defensive line didn't have like their greatest game, but on like a drive to drive basis, like I trust that D line to go make a play when they need to, and that's like that's what happened. Even after the Eagles, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. So Washington got the ball first, three and out. Yeah, they got the three and out. Then they punted. Eagles had to go. I think they went for it on that fourth down from like the 45 or something like that and got it moved it into space to get it but like i said like it all like i don't know i if i'm rivera i'm trusting the offense on that one play more than i am for a full drive in overtime right yeah and you're i i know coaches don't look at this but i guess looking at it objective like not when you're not in it but like you're an eight point underdog on the road you want to send this to an extra quarter, I would not bet on you to win it. Yeah. I know overtime rules are different, but just let, leave it up to one play when you have all the momentum in the world. It's just all the momentum. so questionable. Yeah. Yeah, there's. The, I think what you said made a lot of sense, Jackson, in, in terms of, um, yes, his answer said they were gassed, but I feel like the defense has to be more gassed um, yeah. just by thinking about it. And unless... Unless Sam Howell is as gassed as Max Duggan was in the Big 12 championship where he literally couldn't even get off the ground, I feel like you just got to tough it out for one more play. So, uh, that, 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 yeah, that was definitely questionable. I wanted to go back to what we talked about a minute ago with the Eagles and potentially scoring too quickly. I think a big, big thing and factor that got overlooked here is that A.J. Brown had a taunting penalty, right, on the oh, yeah. touchdown? I, I could have brought yeah, that up. Yeah, true. Yeah, can't can't have it it uh even like i think that there, there was video of hurts like screaming at him on the sideline when it happened like you just can't and it's like it's also just a tough look because like emmanuel forbes is a rookie and it's very clear at the way that game was played that part of forbes's game and i respect it because it's what good corners can do but you can tell he's you can tell he's a talker and he tries to get guys riled up and like aj brown falling for that on a rookie especially like trying to get one up on him like dude you, you went like come on you just can't do it and he he said after the game he can't do it so i mean all you can do is hope that that doesn't happen again but that it changed everything because not only did they leave a lot of time on the clock but they they ended up getting it at what like the it might have been like the 40 something like that yeah yeah if, if there's if aj brown doesn't do a taunting penalty this game does not go to overtime probably not right it, it makes it a lot harder to for sure I mean, they, they were I don't think they're the getting. Ball, so I, don't, I don't want to say for sure, but like it would have been a. Whole they needed. They needed every second of that of that whatever yeah. they had. Was it like a minute, minute and a half? Like I don't yeah, think they're, they're getting yeah. fifteen extra yards. Great. I'll, in his defense, it was kind of a weak call. 
but, it was a little bit. He put the ball in his like in his lap, but at the same time, it's like. But just don't risk up, it. Yeah, just get all like up. you. He even said it afterwards. He was like, "I should have been celebrating with my team." It's like, yeah, dude. Like, yeah. yeah, come on. Like, you just you just can't do it. Just really dumb. Right, and what you said, Shref, is a good point. You know, although Forbes, you know, it, I wasn't fully paying attention to this game because the Steelers were on and other games were going on uh, clearly, but. I would have to imagine if he was on AJ Brown for a majority of the game, didn't play super, didn't su- didn't play super well considering AJ Brown had like 175 yards and yeah. two touchdowns. But if, if if all that chirping all throughout the day culminated in in that play, mm-hmm. then it was worth it. Um, it was like and- uh, watching the whole game. Like Forbes, like I like I said at the beginning, like the stat line obviously makes it look like Forbes played bad, and there was a lot of plays where he did. But he also he made enough plays and every time he'd make a play he would like he he wouldn't let aj know but he you could tell he was like there was a play earlier in the game where forbes broke one up and brown got up and just kind of walked like through him instead of around him and forbes just started like they they had forbes on a close-up and he just started laughing as soon as brown did it so you could tell they were at each other all day but especially as a veteran in the league at this point you gotta you gotta know better than that right and and Obviously, if you're trash talking, that could uh, have a negative effect. But if you do it in a smart manner, I feel like a lot of times for the penalties, it's the person that's reacting is the one that gets caught, not the instigator in, in a lot of circumstances. So, yeah. Yeah, that was um, that was another situation to monitor. I thought another thing was Hertz had a bad intentional grounding in overtime that nearly pushed him yeah, out of field goal sure. range. So that was Can a I, little dicey oh. as well. I didn't see any comments on it to me and like this. I don't know if this will come off biased or not. I don't know if you guys watched it. it to me, it almost looked like he thought Brown was going to run more of like a post and yes. Brown stopped when he threw it. Definitely. Yeah. There so was some I, miscommunication there. So I understand that like you kind of have to call it based on where it ended up. But if, if they're on the same page there, it, it's just a, a little bit of an overthrown ball, I think. Yeah, right. I agree. But objectively, my, it was the right call, I think. Oh, yeah. No, it, the way it, he, yeah. he wasn't. Yeah. The way it came across. Absolutely. My other thought before we move on. So they got. Uh, I guess it was a legal formation or something like that on the one tush push attempt. Um, and they showed the screenshot where it was. Uh, I think it was Dickerson's hand was like, like almost like past the football. And then a Washington's guy's hand was like almost under the football with Kelsey there. And I understand like a penalty was called. How is that not offsetting penalties? There were, so I think the one you're referencing, was it earlier in the game? And then there was was one later. There was one later that didn't get called, but then the one that they called at the beginning, they called on Philly. And like I agree that like there's a penalty there, but if a Washington guy's hand is also there, is that not just offsetting penalties at that point? Yeah, I I think that as well. And I didn't see the first one, but the, I did see the second one because it happened later in the game. Oh yeah, and that play, I feel like there was three penalties. There was, I think there was a yeah. fault. There was like a false start, and like both teams were offside. So I I don't know. Yeah, it, it was a mess. It, it's starting to boil over now because like teams are just trying anything and everything and the Eagles are responding with anything and everything. So it's just becoming a whole hodgepodge. I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they got, I like they all got the to, screenshots that are coming from it. It's good. They got to clean it up in some way, but oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, if a team has an innovative strategy, like the Eagles do, 
uh, until something is changed legislatively, you have to try to combat it somehow. So I don't, I guess, sorry, go ahead. Jack. I, can I speak my mind on the, the touch push real quick? I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand all the thoughts on it for sure. I, I, um, surprising to some, but I'm, I'm fully on like the Eagle side here. Like, Oh, it shouldn't be, I, I don't get how it should not be banned at all. And the people we've heard the arguments that like just why don't like get better at it. like stop it, you use it. Um, and then people are like, Oh, well they have the best offensive line and a quarterback can squat six hundred pounds. Like for them. first off, you can do you can do that. You can you can try to get the best offensive line and a quarterback that can do that if that if this is what you prioritize. If you really wanted to. But even like what what's the it's ninety two percent successful is that the that's the thing that it, like the Eagles hit it at ninety two percent success rate like even if like no other team not many teams are doing it and like no no other team's gonna hit it at ninety two percent but like most teams can hit it at eighty percent probably I don't know. like it's it's still you'd like imagine. An, you'd have to imagine like, regardless of the personnel like you just have so many more bot like more momentum more bodies more force pushing like it's gonna hit three-fourths of the time like every team can use it at a very high success rate eagles probably can do it better than anyone i mean we don't even know maybe other teams are better at it they just uh aren't aren't using it but the one the one thing for me that's always stood out about it is that i feel i mean you could correct me if i'm wrong if i've seen it before but i haven't seen an opposing coach or an opposing player say that it like like I can't believe they they do this. Like a lot of them, like give them credit for it, and it it almost feels like it's only like like media members that are coming out of the woodwork to say that it like. Yeah, I just there. heard right right before we started recording. I, I saw an alert. I didn't really read it, but it was Micah Parsons talking about it. Um, and he just kind of said, not in like a should be banned type of way he's like it's a cheat code like it's like yeah. it, this is how it works and he just like elaborate like you just got to figure out how to stop it i wish i had it up but i think um like, okay you hear it the other day it was yeah like they i don't know he said um parsons says the touch plays is a cheat code because the eagles had best so ones jalen hurts squat 600 pounds he said on bleach report uh he says teams need to adapt and figure out ways to stop the play um yeah, we had to deal with it. We had to adjust and prepare to stop it. Like that's just how you have to do it. I don't know. Yeah. But also, like, I guess I don't know. Like, there's so many like illegal formations that like I don't there, really. There's get. a lot of stuff stemming from it where it, it's either like the way I'm thinking about it now. It's either going to get banned this next off season, or they're going to have to come like they're going to have to come with like a much more like decisive right. like way to, that you're supposed to run it. Like it has to become like its own separate thing. Yeah, like all these illegal formations. I do agree that like there's a lot of extra stuff happening with it now that's making it a lot more like understandable as to why people would want it maybe out. But like uh-huh. from from its root of like just straight up like we have stronger guys than you guys. I I don't understand why why that shouldn't be allowed. Every team should do it, and like it's um if if any other coach yeah. if any other coach was coaching this team they would they would run it too. It's not like something where like. Sirianni's like, oh, like they're they have the guys to do it. They're gonna do it. Like I don't know. When did they start doing it? 
Uh, I don't. Was know it just really, last year? It was really last year where it re- I'd, I'd have to go back and look at his first year, but it didn't. Like so, maybe maybe it was more of like a Steichen. I don't know. Like there, there's things that I don't know. I don't know who originated. I don't know where, but it it mainly started last year. Last thing I'll say, short and sweet. I completely agree with you guys. Here we go. I don't have any car- counter arguments to uh, to say. If I did, it'd be disingenuous, and I'd just be playing devil's advocate because I, I my opinion is pretty much in line with yours. Well, I mean, it it it's one of, like to me, if you're a fan of any team, if if your team was the one that was doing it, you'd like you'd be you'd be going nuts about it, you'd be loving it. So it's. And we can transition to the Steelers of this. There's several times on Sunday I was like, why why do don't we just do a tush push? Like do it. I'll lower the percentage even. Like maybe there's a seventy percent chance we get it. And like it's still a whole lot better percent than whatever we're gonna run at a fourth and one. Well, like Jack said, we'll move on to a team that is much, 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 much less fun to talk about in the Steelers. Uh this is uh what what is going to go down the next five to ten minutes of this podcast is going to be what the uh the origin of eagles rant of the week you know was and what it what it probably is at its core so jack with that being said would you like to go first or second i know you usually like to go second but i don't know if this week uh changes your mind you, you go first all right i mean what was that Here's some stats, uh, courtesy of Warren Sharp. Uh, Twitter video circulated uh, X today, and I don't know if you guys saw it. Did you? Warren Sharp's video on Matt Canada and the Steelers' offense. Uh, was it like a four-minute thing? Yes. I I have yet to watch it or listen to I it. I haven't watched it yet either. All right. I do well, know what you're talking about. I'm going to share some stats that he brought up. And this pretty much just sums the whole thing. Here we go. There's a lot here. And it, it, it just pretty much says everything we already know. And the media already knows. Probably the Steelers players already know. And just that we're awful on offense. But here, here's some quantitative data that says that. If the defenses hold, if, excuse me, if the Steelers defense holds the opponent to 22 points or less, since 2021, we are 19-3-1. If they let up 22 or more, we're 1-15. I mean, to me, that just says it doesn't even matter what the offense... It doesn't even matter what where the defense does. It just... Sorry. The defense is so indicative of what we do. Because the offense isn't going to do anything to help us help them out in the slightest. Also since 2021, in the first quarter... We are 31st in yards gained and 31st in points. Uh, and that just made me so upset because I'm sure you guys heard what Matt Canada told uh, the CBS reporters going into the game. Did you guys hear that? I'm sure Jack did. I did. Say it. His offense isn't built to come from behind. Well, Matt, if you're built for, your offense isn't built to come from behind, Maybe you should do something about being second worst in the league in the past two and a half seasons in yards and points. That doesn't what does seem that even like, mean? Like I, I, I don't know. All, I don't know. That is something that will never to, ever be said. Like the able like, to like run clock, like chew clock. 
Like, does that mean like the the defense ha- our defense has to score a touchdown first for our offense to work? Like, we the offense is what scores the so like we can only we the offense is only good, which is not the offense is only good according to Matt Canada when it's zero zero, which we're horrible on on opening drives. And we have more. Oh, uh, believe me, I'm going to get to first half and opening drives in a second here. I'm not done yet. Okay, so uh, in other words, according to Matt Canada, our offense is only functionable if it's zero zero or if the defense scored a touchdown first. Like it's well, it doesn't I work think, if we're I think down. what he tr- what he tried to say is like the it's a running the team offense. the team has to get out to an early lead, which yes, that's true, but like we we can't do that. That's then the thing. They, like they can't score quick, I guess. Yes. Yeah, that's essentially what he's saying. And even if you think that, why why would you tell the CBS reporters that? Leave it in yeah. your head. That's something yeah. that you should keep to yourself <laughs> if you sense. truly believe it. Okay, moving on. This is this is abysmal. Ready? Ready for this one? We've had 26 drives in the first half through the first 4 weeks of the season. Guess how many of them had advanced to the red zone? Take a guess. Uh, zero. One. And that's first what half, had... red zone in the first half. Yes, twenty-six drives we've had in the first half through the first four games. Only one has reached the red zone. That is the worst in the league. Sixty-one percent of our drives have reached at least one third down. That's worst in the league, and our three and out rate is fifty-five percent, which is the worst in the league. I was giving Matt Canada the benefit of the doubt through the first two weeks because we faced two top five defenses in weeks one and two in the San Francisco 49ers and the Cleveland Browns. And I don't think many people were doing that. I was trying to be, I don't know what the right word is, empathetic and maybe trying to justify what he's doing. I'm completely done with that. There's just no point in retaining him for the rest of the season. It's embarrassing. There's just no, like, I don't understand how this could get better. And Steven Nelson, I'm sure you guys saw this as well. He picked off Kenny Pickett. I think it was in the first quarter. He said he knew Calvin Austin was going to be running a deep post because it was the same look and the same formation as the Raiders game in which he scored a touchdown. What do you think? He, they're just not going to watch film. You think they're so naive and they're just going to like, you can just run the same thing back to back weeks and it's going to work. That's not how it works at all. I mean, this is, I think this is the most optimal time to fire him. We have Kenny who might be out this week with a knee injury, and then we have a bye. So that would give Kenny time to heal. Potentially, in the next time he's going to see action, it could be three weeks if you include the bye. And I know you could look at it and say it's very difficult to overhaul an offense midseason, and the guys have to get to adjusted to whoever that new offense coordinator would be, whether that be Mike Sullivan or quarterback coach. I've heard some names being floated around. Byron Leftwich, who's currently not coaching a team. He was Tampa Bay's offensive coordinator from 2019 to 2022. Pep Hamilton was the Chargers quarterback coach in 2020 and you know oversaw a Justin Herbert really good rookie season. There's some names out there, and even if it's going to be a disaster, even if they come in, the guys can't assimilate to whatever the new scheme is or whatever the new plays is, isn't that better than just staying where we are right now? This is this has to be rock bottom, right? There's no way it could get worse than this. There, every single metric is just showing you that. And I'm just I'm not one to just like call for one like someone's job, but like everyone is on board with this. 
I don't know why. Like, sorry, I don't know. I don't know where we can go from this. Jack, you can take over. Um, I'll. We can just stay on the offense. It's really, I mean, the defense is bad, right? The secondary particularly is bad. Our corners are very bad right now. Allowed Nico Collins to have like what one sixty eight two touchdowns. Um, we don't need to go into the defense really. Uh, we'll just stick to the offense. But my point, we were texting about this yesterday about him. About obviously, I want him gone. Everyone does. Everyone wants Canada gone. Uh, but what is truly the point in firing him? If Tomlin doesn't think there's a guy in house that could be the OC next year, like we, I, I don't think Tomlin or the Steelers organization makes an outside hire mid season. Is that sorry? Is that what you were suggesting with like Leftwich and those other names? Well, Mike Mike Sullivan's our quarterback coach, right? But with the with the names like Leftwich and all, were you saying possibly bring them in now to be the OC? Yes. I, I know that you said it may not be likely, but yeah, why not no, do that? Yes, I don't think that'll have I, I don't why not do it? Because that's not what the Steelers do. We're more traditional and we're not gonna hire outside and make like a big that it'd be it'd be big for the Steelers to make a change this grand mid season. Uh and it'd be even bigger for them to just bring in a, another guy from outside the organization. And like, I don't think the Steelers are going to do that. Not saying it's correct, but it's it's more Steelers like to trust what they have in house, even after they let go of if they did hypothetically of Canada. Um, I mean, there has to come to a point which I feel like we hit that point. But if this continues on for like into the bye week. Even a, the loyalist team out there, like the Steelers, they have to let him go. I don't know. Like, right. it, it would be such a disservice to everyone in the building if if this off like if this offense stayed the same with the sta- same person, um, and uh, for like weeks on end. But back to my other point of we let him go. Let's just say we let him go today, and we promote Mike Sullivan. But what if there's true belief inside that building? Which again, I, I don't really know. No one. Mike Sullivan's been at the Steelers for like I don't know uh, many years, I think. But, um, can he install an offense? Can he create a new scheme? Like, is it going to be? Is it going to even be more of a dumpster fire? Like I don't like. I don't really know. Like I, I think the point. One main point of firing your OC and bringing in promoting an interim OC is like maybe that guy has a chance to be our OC next year. But does Mike Sullivan have that? Maybe he does. And honestly, like that's what I'm he, saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't know how it could get worse. Even if he's the same level, like even if he's worse somehow, which I don't know much about Mike Sullivan. Even if he is worse somehow. Like, at least we tried. At least we tried. We can't keep doing this. This is unprecedented levels of embarrassment and, like, ineptitude. Yeah, so I... Uh, who cares if he works? Maybe he has different ideas. 
Maybe it doesn't work, but I think trying is better than doing nothing. It's way, it's the obvious decision. Right, and uh, it is obvious. Ideally, I, again, as I said, and you just said, I don't know much about Mike Sullivan. Maybe he has great ideas. But I would ideally want, like, let's say if Canada was fired this offseason, I wouldn't want Sullivan as my top choice. I want someone completely new, completely innovative, like, I don't understand how it's your full-time profession. You're getting paid so much money. Throw the money out of the question. Who cares? But, like, everyone always says that the NFL is a copycat league. Copy some stuff the Niners do. I don't know. Like, copy some stuff that McDaniels does. Copy some stuff, like, Eric Bieniemy has looked, Sam Howell looked incredible this year at times. Like, copy some of that stuff. Like, I don't get like just because we're built as a running team. Apparently, our rushing attack stinks. We're we're bottom leagues in rushing yards per game, so that doesn't even matter. Like throw that philosophy out of the window because we're not successful at what you claim to be successful. Like as our identity, like I don't get it. Like if if this is my, I'm saying like if I I could do a better job, but I don't know if I have been studying off NFL offenses, offenses in general for years. It's my job to innovate and make this offense successful. Look at what the best offenses are doing and install. Like, it's not like I guess it's a little different. Like, the Dolphins have different personnel, they're so fast. So, okay, don't use the Dolphins. The Niners, I guess you could say they have better skill positions that they do than I than we do, but like, we don't have we're not that void of talent that it's like that crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I and I guess we can wrap up. I don't. We don't have to, but um, I'll. I guess I'll just defend Kenny. And well, I said it last week, and I think a lo- a lot of people are gonna just jump on him and say he sucks. Which he's not playing great, as I said in the past couple weeks, but. It's there's not many quarterbacks like outside of Mahomes. I don't think that could be successful in this offense. And my point, I mean, I was listening to around the NFL today, and they recap every game in depth. They're great NFL analysts for NFL Network. Um, Nick Shook, who covered this game for them this week, like said, Kenny hasn't looked great. Blah blah blah. But unless there's God Himself back there, I don't think you're going to get much success out of this offense. Like it's. We're I was not just going to get... say that I I don't I don't unless Patrick Mahomes heard the play call and said Nah I'm not doing that and did something else Yeah right That's there's no way like he he couldn't even succeed in here There's no it, it's and I, I think other quarterbacks time. too Like I don't think Josh Allen maybe he would I don't like Josh Allen is a little erratic and I I don't I don't even have wouldn't have much confidence in him even though I view him as the second best quarterback in the league. Like maybe Burrow, Burrow has dealt with a horrible. He inherited a horrible situation. Like there are so, so, such a slim picking of quarterbacks that could truly thrive in this in this offense, and it's, and especially and it is like I'm just a huge Kenny defender right now, which I always am, obviously. But like he hasn't even had a full season. Like <laughs> this is supposed to be a developing quarterback. Like it uh. If if we made our full judgment off Jalen Hurts after one year, then 
he wouldn't be a starter the next year in 22. Like it's, it's doing him such a disservice that like he's, this is supposed to be a developmental time and it's the worst offense in the NFL. And like, if he was Mahomes, he could, he would, the offense will go better, but it's really, I don't know. It's, I don't think it's much his fault. Um, Last thing I'll say, and then I'll turn it over to Shreff to share his thoughts from uh, someone who, you know, from somewhat of an outside perspective. But just I want to rant on the Steelers, like Twitter following for like some like fans. Two things that I'm seeing that are just pissing me off to no end. Number one, there's I, I saw a couple comments like, oh, Brock Purdy did this today. Brock Purdy did that today because he was in the same draft class as Kenny and he was Mr. Irrelevant, blah, blah, blah. If Kenny Pickett. And Brock Purdy switched spots. The 49ers would probably be the same, if not better. And the Steelers would be even worse than they already are. Like, don't even say that. That makes no sense at all. Like, how can you yeah. not see that the context in these situations? And number two, Kenny's obviously banged up. It seems like, thankfully, it's uh, better than initially thought. Thought It was initially thought maybe he'd miss four to six weeks. Now it's just looking like maybe just one game. People are saying like, oh, you know, it doesn't even matter if Mason or Mitch play. It's the same thing. No, it is not the same thing. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I like Mitch. I think he's a, I like him as a person. And yes, he got drafted by the Bears and had an unfortunate start to his career. And now he's kind of just a backup. Well, he is a backup. But you cannot tell me that there's, that there, it's the same level of play. There's a clear drop off. Like, if you're not like, fiending for Kenny to get back out there, then like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, you're not just, you're clearly just not watching it. Like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, there's no way they can do what Kenny does. Like, that's just, that's a ridiculous thing to say. And I just hated that I saw that today. So, but that being said, I know we talked for a while, Shref, but what, what would you like to add or ask us uh, about this complete, I don't even know what to call it at this point. I think it's an insult, insult to uh, dumpsters to call it a dumpster fire at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it hasn't been great. Um, I I'll get to I, my first thought about it is like, and Jack, you kind of touched on it. Like, it's not like we're sitting here and it's like, well, who are they gonna throw it to or hand it? Like, they they have guys. I think that's what's most frustrating about it. Is it, it it's not it's not a situation where it's like, well, we can get nothing because we have no like skill players. We have no one who can catch. We have no one who can run. Like they they have both of those things. Like and like not not like bad to, like they're I don't know like what where where would you rank them in terms of like skill skill position players? I'd say they're mid pack maybe like, yeah, like right like right around a little like above like fifteen ish. Yeah, I I will I will say Deontay Johnson is has been out so that that's yeah, one that thing. hurts a lot. That does hurt. Uh, Frymouth got hurt late in this game, so that's down like a a good pass catching tight end and a really good route runner. Uh, the end of this game before Kenny got hurt, like he's throwing to Darnell Washington and Connor Hayward and the running backs yeah. and Pickens. Well, Pickett, Pickens, he, he's not one to get open. So like guys aren't, weren't yeah. truly open in this game, but that we're not scheming guys open either. So it's, it's just such yeah. a bad recipe. Like you have enough. Like I understand with injuries now it's different, but like you have the guys that you could put in position to succeed, and it just feels like yeah. feels like they're not doing that with anyone. My my only question 
at this point would be and 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 this is more just to get like a feel on your on your guys' headspace. I'm not saying this is what I think they should do or anything, but if assuming assuming they do what I think they might do and I, it feels like it might be Canada hanging on for longer than he should. Um at what point do you guys like switch the focus into like next season? Like is is hope for this season gone at this point or where where are we? Uh, I'll take this question first. I no. Yeah. Considering I mean last year we were 2 and 6. Yeah. And we still finished nearly in the playoffs and at 9 and 8. So if we can do that last year, we can do that this year easily. We already have two wins. But until we, until we lose until we lose 9 games, I'm not looking at next year. If we if we somehow lost like 7 in a row, and we went two and nine, like, oh, I, at that point, I, as, like I said, until we lose nine games, I won't start looking at next year. Fair. Whenever that is. Uh, I do agree. I, like, I, this, I'm not looking at next year, but my, my hope for this year is just to make the playoffs. Like, that, that's, and going into this year, that was kind of like just my hope, but I, I had a small feeling and I, I don't think I'm too crazy for this, that the Steelers could be a frisky team and like max make the eighth championship, which crazier things have happened. Um, I think that's out of the question now. Like we're not going to get one or two win playoff wins. We may make the playoffs and that's something to build on into next year. I'm not looking completely into next year. Like it's a lost season tank lose get a fair draft pick so uh i agree with mitchell for the most part yeah but i'm realistic in my expectation now like my my greatest hope now is to just make the playoffs which can have i mean granted we're not zero and four we're two and two uh in a competitive division so yeah hey if we win this week we're in first place i know which I mean, and watch us win this week, and then Steelers Twitter is going to be like, "Oh, Mitch is better because <laughs> we won." But I, uh, yeah, it's it's bleak. It is. It is bleak. Still time. A lot of games. Long season. DJ Watt. There's, there's, I don't know. Yeah, we're not. We're not even twenty five percent on the season. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right, he's real stinky. He needs to take a shower. Mm-hmm. Glad we got all that out. Um, it's therapeutic. That was good. So, uh, we we needed that at some point. Things were going too well for too long. Right. All right, we're going to move on now to our third segment of the show, which Shref and I don't really know what it is. Jack promised us mm-hmm. some some stats, some things to quiz us on. So, Jack, uh, enlighten us on on what you have in store for us here. Well, you said we're. Not even a quarter way this season, but I'm going to go this at about a quarter because usually in years past it's been four games. That's a quarter. Uh, I have some stats here, individual stats of players, um, and what their 17 game pace is. Okay. Do how do we want to do this? Do we want to? How many questions are there? I have a couple. I have a, quite a few. Like maybe like 10 players. About. Should we just go? One one at a time, and if you get it wrong, the other person can steal. You want to guess them, or maybe like 
I'll give you this player and I'll give you the name and we project it. Or like I'll give you a player, I'll set a line if you're over under. Ooh, okay. And then like then I'll reveal after what their pace is. How about that? That's kind of what I had in mind. I'd be good with that. Sure. Okay. Uh all right, so I think I have three wide receivers, three running backs, three quarterbacks, and a tight end. Okay, so that's ten. Oh. Um I will start at wide receiver just because what I've listed here. And this is a popular one. Justin Jefferson. Uh, so I think he had about 1,400 yards his rookie year, then 1,600, then 1,800. Years one, two, and three, respectively. Um, I'll set his line at 1,950. You should have said a 1964 because I think that's the all-time record. Okay, 1964. Is he going to break it? Well, is he going to break it or is he on pace to break it? Is that the question? Do you think he'll break it? And then I'll reveal I'm, to you what he's on pace for. Yeah, I'm going over. I think that he um, I think he won't. I think he's on pace for doing it right now. I don't think he will. He's on pace to break it by 400 yards. Oh, God. He's on pace for 2307. 440 receptions, 2307, and 12 touchdowns. You said 140 receptions? Yeah. Okay. Their defense stinks. They're on the field a whole bunch. A whole bunch. Yeah. And, wow. they, will con- and they will continue to be on the field a whole bunch because I, I, I don't see it changing anytime soon. Yeah. Wow, that's insane. Um, Going back to Shref's bold take, didn't he say a 2K receiver? Yeah, you did. Um, This next receiver, we talked about him last week, which it's warranted. This is Puka Nakua. What do you think he will... I'll give you... I'll ask you guys what do you... Your prediction. What do you think he'll finish with yards wise this year? Before I reveal his pace. I'm gonna hmm. say his pace is gonna be way higher, but I'm gonna say he finishes with I'm gonna say ten fifty. I think he's gonna finish with uh twelve hundred and fifteen yards. And I think he's on pace for 1750 right now. Uh, Shref, he's on pace for double what you said. I figured, yeah. He's on pace for 2137. <laughs> well, he's over 500 yards, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I think so. I think it was 503. Could be wrong. He's on in pace hindsight, for. In hindsight, I would have bumped it up to closer to Mitchell's number, probably. He's but on I pace. Like it's not coming back. I don't know. 165 receptions. Oh, my God. And twenty-one thirty-seven yards. Only he only had one touchdown so far, so four touchdowns. But that's insane if he keeps even close to this pace up. Yeah, according to Shreff's projections, he's only going to get five hundred yards in the yeah. next thirteen games. So, it, 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 yeah, I mean that'd probably be a little tough to do. But I'm like, if Cup comes back, that'll be interesting to see. It'll take a hit. Yeah, I'm also I'm also trying to stay calm because I I was able to scoop him up in a in a couple fantasy leagues. So. True. To remain calm, but 
I mean, obviously, in my heart of hearts, I would love him to stay on pace. That'd, that'd be fun. That'd be real. Do we think this is just a Matt Stafford thing? It's a locking locking in on one guy. He it's a produced McVay Stafford thing. Not even no, not McVay. Like Stafford has was qu- quarterback to probably the two best receiver seasons ever with Calvin Johnson in like 2012. Yeah, I mean, and when he likes his guy, he likes his guy, I guess. But I. I got it. I mean, at some point, you got to give Puka credit. Like, like someone's got to run the route and get open. Yeah, oh. right. I, yeah, I we should give him credit. And again, I kind of just compared him to Calvin Johnson, Cooper Cup. So it is. It, it is a really funny thing because, like, when he got drafted to the Rams, like that was a big thing that like draft like Twitter draft analysts were like, that's like they they as a joke they were like, oh, like that that's the next Cup right there. Like they liked him a lot as a prospect. And it, it it's happening. It's already happening. Yeah, he was BYU, and I heard like he just get he was battle a lot of injury in college. So I feel like it's very similar to Cup, right? And, he, and he's not, and, and he's not like a burner, but he's like crafty. He he knows the position right. really well. So it's it, it's all there, and it, it's it's coming to fruition very quickly. All right, yeah, who's next? Next one is a uh, more of a. It's a star that under has underwhelmed. Um, do you guys want to guess Garrett Wilson's 17 game pace? Oh, I feel bad for Garrett Wilson. I'm going to say. Hmm. Yeah, 17 games. He's probably. Last year he had what? Like 11 something. 1150, I think. He's probably below that. Right? 100-ish receptions, if I had to guess. I'm going to say he's probably like. I'm going to say 1050 for him. I said it for. Puka, but I'm gonna say it for for Wilson to double down. I think he's on pace for 975 and four touchdowns. He's on pace for 89 receptions, 956 and eight touchdowns. Wow. He had two touchdowns so far. So okay. Far. On the flip side of my uh, 2,000 yard argument, he was one of my sleeper picks for a guy that could do it this year. <laughs> and uh, well, not it's really not his fault. fault. No, yeah. no, no, not his fault. But do we think? You think he'll get above a thousand? Yes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Talent. I think it'll be better than last year. Where I'll look at what he did last. Year. I don't know about that. It's gonna be tough. Like, I mean, if the Zach Wilson we saw last night is like. Zach yeah, Wilson, last. I, I don't think he'll get eleven receptions, eleven oh three, and four touchdowns. Yeah, I think he'll be. Right, I think he'll be right around there. A little less yeah. yards. Yeah, like I said, I think like ten fifty would make sense. I think he'll exceed last year. Just like you have to think, like we're not gonna get that last night Zach Wilson every week, but like if we can get like a semblance of that, it, yeah, like whole if even if Zach Wilson or if the quarterback play replicates what it was last year. Granted, yeah. Zach Wilson got benched last year, so it wasn't even him the whole yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Here's an before we move on to our next guy. Here's an interesting hypothetical. Uh, say you're playing in a in a league where you can only keep a guy one year, so just the remainder of this year and next year. Who would you rather have, Puka or Garrett Wilson? Like for fan for fantasy. Fantasy, yes. So risky. I'll go Garrett dep- Wilson. It would, de- it would depend. I would, yeah, I would I go would, Wilson. I'm gonna lean Garrett Wilson. But it would be a tough, really tougher decision. There's a lot of factors. If, There's a lot of factors going into that. If like if I think my team has a better chance to win it all this year, and like I would maybe lean Puka, but yeah, that's tough. 
All right. <laughs> yeah, I just I just thought of that right now. So you can go ahead to the next one. Uh, all right, running backs. Uh, I'll start another popular one, Chris McCaffrey. Oh Jesus, it's gonna be. This is not gonna. This is gonna be stupid. I'll do his total yards. Yeah. Or. <laughs> what do you think he's on? What, what do you think he's on pace for total yards wise? Oh God! And touchdowns, total yards and total touchdowns. What's he on pace for? I think he is on pace for twenty nine hundred total, mm, three thousand total yards and thirty touchdowns. I think that's. I was gonna say I was gonna say around like I was gonna say like twenty eight hundred. I might even go higher on touch. He said he scored a lot of touchdowns. He might be on pace for like thirty five right now. You guys overshot a little bit. He's on oh. pace for for twenty five fifty yards and twenty nine touchdowns. I mean, I was one off on touchdowns. Yeah, you were close on touchdowns. Well, I want to look at what did Ladanian Tomlinson get his MVP season. He had he had thirty one total. He had twenty eight rushing and three receiving. And I think he had one passing, so he may have had 32. And it's an interesting thought, too, because I would say, like, right now, I would say the only quarterback that's, like, I would say is, like, putting on, like, an MVP type of thing so far would be Josh Allen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, all I guess the, the quarterback, I don't know the odds. We could look them up. But the quarterbacks that are, like, in content, like, have kind of, been in contention so far, I'd say, are Mahomes, Allen, and Tua. All have kind of had like a, a performance, I guess. Mahomes say, last night, Tua this week, I guess you could say, and Allen week one. Yeah, L- Lamar would be the only other one that I would maybe throw in there. But even he's maybe. had he's played weird at times. So it's like the, there isn't a quarterback that's really like shoved himself into that like top tier so far. Real quick, can you guys guess the top eight favorites for MVP? Rapid fire. Mahomes, well, it's did we get we already named three of them and those quarterbacks and McCaffrey is another one, so that that's four. This is gonna be too hard. I'm just gonna read it for you guys. Okay. Uh, fa- favorite is Josh Allen at plus three eighty. Mm-hmm. Tua plus five hundred. Mahomes plus five fifty. Hertz plus seven hundred. Lamar Jackson eleven hundred. Um, Justin Herbert eighteen hundred, Christian McCaffrey twenty to one, and then eight is Brock Purdy twenty two to one. Wow, <laughs> Lamar's still a sneaky bet right there. I would say. Hey, he's interesting. All right, who is next? Running back DeAndre Swift. Cool. Um, I'll set a line. Do you think he'll have? More or less than twelve fifty rushing yards. He's on pace for more, and he'll he have less. I I I would agree with that. You just cannot you cannot rule out injury with him. You can't, and it's True. I. They still really want to do like a committee. You can tell they really want to. Swift's making it really hard for them to. Not uh, to to not to do it, but they're still trying. So I just think usage is still gonna, and especially like you said, like this is a guy that gets hurt. So I I wouldn't be shocked if we saw like his workload kind of get slimmer during parts of the season. So let's just say, assume he plays seventeen games. Do you think he'll do it? 
he plays all 17, I think he, I think he might, but I don't, like, yeah. like people said, it's yeah. like, uh, I just can't trust it until I see it. He's on pace for like, uh, 300 more yards than that. 1547 and eight rushing touchdowns. Yeah. He has it. Like he's good enough to do it. It's just injuries. Just not, it just has never been good. It's such a weird, like he's looked great. It's a, so a prospect I loved. Looked good in Detroit, but then, like, there's just some times that, like, his vision wasn't ideal. Yeah. But, and again, durability has been a little bit of an issue. But behind this line, man, he, it's, it's cool. just such a good fit. Well, anyone's kind of, really good fit, honestly. What I've kind of noticed, and, like, the reason why he's, like, so perfect in this offense is because, like, his issue in Detroit was that he couldn't find a hole sometimes. Um, like you said, the vision issues, like you couldn't find where he had to go. The Eagles offensive line makes it very easy to find where you have to go. And then he gets to show off the best part of his game, which is making guys miss in the second level. So yeah. he, he just gets to skip past the entire part that was his like issue and just gets to yeah. have fun. It, it could not be more perfect. I still can't believe that they made that trade. on What a good trade. Yep. Um, all right, next guy. And sticking with the trend of I did with the receivers, uh, maybe a guy who's a little underwhelmed. Derrick Henry. Do you guys... Uh, looking at this stat line here, this is a stat line that everybody's on pace for. Do you guys want to guess what it is? Yards and touchdowns? He's not been that... I would. I, the problem is he just hasn't gotten a lot of snaps, but I would say he's probably still on pace for like thirteen fifty right now. I bet fourteen hundred maybe. Mitchell, what do you think? I think he's on pace for thirteen hundred and probably um, eleven or twelve touchdowns. It's on pace for twelve, eleven, and Ooh. nine rushing touchdowns. A little lower. Which looking at that stat line, like. That's kind of a, a stat line that I would expect out of him this year. Maybe, like, he finishes with, like, 1250, maybe 1300, and, like, 10 rushing touchdowns. Like, that's that's going to be, like, the Derrick Henry decline we see, which that's still a really good season, having nearly 1300 yards and double-digit rushing touchdowns. But, like, behind this offensive line, and, like, I see it a little older, like, I think that's what reasonable to expect out of him going into this year. To me, um, what it feels I th- like. I think I, mean, I think he's I think he's going over that. I, I know the Titans offensive line is I know the Titans offensive line is bad, but Derrick Henry always gets better when it gets colder and guys are a little bit true. more hesitant to get hit. Um and even I'm just looking at the schedule here. Like the run defenses don't look that don't look that in, uh intimidating to me. Like Steelers run D hasn't looked good. Falcons run D has uh hasn't looked that good. Jack he gets the yeah. he gets the Jags twice he gets the Texans twice, who he always destroys. He gets the he hasn't played a division game yet, so he has all the AFC South, which their run defense don't look great. He the Panthers, the, the Panthers run defense. Alexander Madison, who was experiencing terrible efficiency, just had a pretty good game on Sunday. So there's a lot of defenses here where I think he can kind of dominate, and I think he's going to be who he always is. Yeah, I think the only thing that the only interesting thing is it it seems like they're trying to like Tajay Spears is getting a lot of a lot of snaps. Um, I think I think he's out snapped Derrick Henry in some games, um, but it it feels like to me like I I still think he'll get over it. But 
it's starting to feel like to me that they might be trying to save those legs a little for the back half of the season, which could still lend itself to going over that number. Yeah, it's true. Like in, in 19, 2019, he had 15, 40, and 16, led the league in both. 2020, he had his 2027-yard season with 17 touchdowns. 2021, he was on, like, halfway through the season, he was on pace to get there with uh, 937 yards, only eight games in. So that's definitely on pace for 2K and 10 and touchdowns. 10, touch, 10 touchdowns, too. <laughs> like, so, I like, he before he got hurt in 2021, like, I bet he finished the year, like, top 10 of rushing. He only played half the year. And then last year, he... Again, like you can call it a decline, but he had 15, 38, and 13. That's not a decline. <laughs> I mean, decline for him. Honestly, yeah, it's kind of pretty similar to his 19 season. So, like, whatever. Yeah. And like maybe it's slightly more decline this year. He's 29 and he has 1,310. Like, it's that's still a really good season. Yeah. Um, behind a really bad all line. So, anyway, uh, we'll do quarterbacks. Uh, start with a rookie, CJ Stroud. Looked really good on Sunday. Um, what do you guys think line with before I reveal what he's on pace for? Yards and touchdowns and picks. Well, for yards, I think he is on pace for uh fifty one hundred yards. I think he's on pace for 24 touchdowns and zero interceptions because I know he hasn't thrown a pick yet. He hasn't. Uh, I think he'll finish. I'll, I'll go what I think he'll finish with. I'm going to say, I think he'll finish with like 4,800 maybe. I think he'll finish with like 22, 23 touchdowns. And I, I think he'll finish with like seven picks, seven or eight. Uh, Mitchell is almost exactly correct with the pace. He's on wow. pace for 51 51 oh. and 25 passing touchdowns, no picks. That would shatter the rookie re- yard, passing yard record. Andrew Luck in 2012 at 4374. Wow. Herbert didn't break that in 2020. Uh, I don't think so. When I Googled it, it said it wasn't. I think I saw um, something where it's like he's and Herbert. Herbert didn't play the first two weeks. I don't think his rookie season. So that right, yeah. Or Herbert there, had barely forty three thirty six. There was some um like ridiculous thing where it was like him and Mahomes are like the only two quarterbacks that have like ever averaged like three hundred yards. It was something ridiculous. He, oh yes, that. I have I have that I have something like that. Um, See if you can, it was something along those lines where it's like him and Mahomes are like the only quarterbacks that have ever like averaged like 300 through like a certain. So, Stroud is only the sixth. This is pre HPN NFL. Uh, Stroud's only the sixth player in NFL history to average 300 passing yards and have zero picks for the first four games in a season. The other five are Peyton Manning in 2013, MVP season. Tom Brady in 2015, 16, and 17. At least one MVP there. Drew Brees 2018. Mahomes in 2018 and 19. MVP in there. And Rodgers in 2020. An MVP in there. That's crazy. What you're telling me is Cedar Stroud's winning MVP. I mean, of those four quarterback, five quarterbacks, four of them are MVPs in those (laughs) Here it is. Uh, I I found the one that I was thinking of. Most passing yards per game all time. Uh, 
303, C.J. Stroud, 302.7, Patrick Mahomes. Nobody else has more than 300. <laughs> Sample size yeah. is... Uh, oh, yeah, obviously. There, just, but still, it's I like just it. a funny stat to have after, after four weeks. Yeah, I, I cannot believe he hasn't thrown an interception. Impressive. I mean, did he break Ritter's record? He Ritter had held those. that record going into this year. I, he had do you remember? Do you remember that? Um, remember that first preseason game? I want to say it was against the Patriots. Yeah, he looked terrible. His like first throw, I think, was just like the worst interception I've ever seen, and I was like, "Oh no!" And then he's he's just been pretty much perfect. Since it's so started. yeah. I mean, Eric? another reason they give no stock in the preseason. The Steelers' offense in preseason. Remember that? Remember that? Yeah. Hype train. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's been great, but I also I got to give credit. Like Tank Dell and Nico Collins are like. Like, Good. Like a legit, like yeah. a legit one too. Like I don't know. They've been waiting for this Nico Collins breakout, and it's finally. Uh... I I think I've had him on my dynasty team for like three years now. I've just been waiting. Just been yeah. sitting idly by, and it's here. Isn't Nico Collins only in the second year? Yeah, I know. I'm exaggerating. I thought it was three years. <laughs> this might. I, I think this is his third year. I'm pretty sure this is third year. It's his third year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Next one. Uh. A bad one. Uh. Assuming you play 17 games, I want you guys to predict Joe Burrow's stat line. Oh, no. Yards, touchdowns, and picks. Uh, mm. Mm, this one I'm not as familiar with. I was I was oh, dialed in either. on CJ Stroud, but I'm going to guess for Burrow, he's on pace for... No, 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 no. no. Don't, don't guess his pace. What do you think he's going to get? Okay, what do I think he's going to get? Uh, Healthy for 17 games. What do you think he'll get? Four thousand on the dot. Twenty-two touchdowns and thirteen interceptions. Pretty good. I might go. Uh, they got to get better, right? They got to get better. I'm gonna go a little high. I'll, I'll say he gets up to like forty. He'll get up to like forty-three hundred. I'm gonna go a little less on touchdowns, though. I'm going to say like 20 touchdowns and I might go like 15 picks. He's not throwing the ball well. He is on pace for 3,094 yards. 3,000. He's on pace for eight touchdowns. He's on pace for eight picks. Oh, no. That's bad. (laughs) It's really bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. Like... I don't understand. And then they they already announced he's playing this weekend. Like, I don't. Are they just going to like, is this just going to be like the cycle every week? It's going to be like Joe Burrow is not healthy. He shouldn't play. Bengals announced Joe Burrow plays. Joe Burrow plays bad. Bengals lose. And then we repeat. Like, it just keeps happening. I think they play the Cardinals this week. They do play the Cardinals this week. And they're frisky. They're real frisky. Yeah, geez. He had, he had 165. 165 yards on Sunday. D Higgins against against one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Yeah. yeah. D Higgins got hurt. They don't know if he's going to play. Like it's it's a little bleak over there. Bleaker than Pittsburgh? I don't even know, honestly. <laughs> I would say, I would say yes just purely based off of expectations versus current situation. Yeah. Like you guys at least knew that Matt Canada wasn't great going into the season. Right. But all, yeah, but that's then, true. 
Yeah, I guess that's fair. But then, like, Bengals fans, like, they have the crutch to fall and, like, oh, our quarterback's hurt, which is very true and very legitimate. And that's probably the reason. Uh, I think that makes it more frustrating, though. Like, like you know the... Right. Maybe it's not the whole problem, but, you, like, they see it right in front of their face and they keep doing it. <laughs> uh, Okay. All right, next one's a fun one. A guy that we all love, I'd say. Josh Dobbs. Oh, we do all love Josh Dobbs. We do all love Josh Dobbs. He has so many many hats right now. Oh, man. He's been like a legit, like, top 10 quarterback in football this year so far, right? Like, is that like top? That doesn't feel crazy to say. I'd have to go through the list. Uh, it's a little too high, but yeah. Is it? Uh, I think so. His, he's been, he's been an a above average quarterback. His pace. Uh, do you want to guess? I want you guys to guess his total yards and total touchdown pace. He's been running the ball. He's probably on pace for like. He might be on pace for like for like five thousand total, I would bet. Maybe more. I'll say five thousand total. And you you say touchdowns? Yeah. Total touchdowns? Yeah. Uh twenty hmm, twenty eight seven total touchdowns. Forty five hundred forty five hundred total yards, twenty uh twenty eight touchdowns. Total. You guys both overshot. He's on pace for forty, sixty, and twenty-one. Oh, he's low. Okay. Yes, he he's on pace. So breaking it down: thirty-four, sixty passing yards, seventeen passing touchdowns, and no interceptions. Uh, and then like, six hundred rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. I've been like watching their games. It's not like, uh, I mean, like the offense looks good, but it's not even like a situation where it's like. Guys are just getting like wide open. Like Josh Dobbs is throwing like like dots. <laughs> like dots he's good. He's playing out. really good. It's it's fun to see. He's just like, he's playing confident. You can tell he's like loose. Like I, the more impressive thing to me is how it seems like he's picked up on this whatever playbook this is like very very quickly. It seems like he's like mastered it just about. It's crazy. Like yeah, he was just acquired like a week or two before the season started, and uh, maybe it's he's playing loose and confident comes off that way just like really had nothing to lose like he, he yeah, knows that he's probably not going to play his way into a franchise quarterback role uh probably not and he's um, some backup money for like the rest of his career though right and the situation like couldn't have been worse inherited like expectations are so low so like what yeah I mean, he's he such might, a good dude too he might, he might i mean i don't know how he'll feel unless he could get like a starter job somewhere else he might have found like his forever home in arizona it feels like Maybe. He's been there for a month. But yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, what a feel-good story. It's it really is. He has the biggest hat in the world right now. The biggest hat. Does. All right, last guy, tight end. The only tight end in the NFL that matters nowadays is Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to uh, talk about Kyle I want to talk about Kyle Pitts. Oh, True. While you guys guess, I'm gonna look that up. That's a great one. Yeah, do that. Uh, so what do you guys think Travis Kelsey's 16 game pace? Is, or what do you think he'll end with? Actually, I'll go that. What do you think he's gonna end with 16 games because he missed week one? So, um, 
I think he ends with. Hmm, I think he ends with like fifteen hundred and like thirteen touchdowns. There's no shot he he's getting with fifteen hundred yards. I'll tell I you never, that right now. I I will never doubt anything with that with that duo. I, I just don't see it. I think he's going to end with twelve hundred and eleven touchdowns. Um, fifteen hundred would be his best season ever. Yeah, you think he's gonna have his best season ever? Not not in sixteen games, I don't think. Yeah. He's never had more than fourteen sixteen yards. I'm not good at these projections, even though they're just projections. I can't do the. Um, I'm not good with the numbers in my head. He's on sixteen game pace for ninety one receptions, eight twenty seven yards, and eleven touchdowns. That's gonna bump up. I would imagine. Yeah, like Chef, he only has hundred fifty yards this year. Yeah. So I I I think. He could get to a hundred and a thousand and ten. That's still a really productive season to have a hundred catches, thousand yards, and ten touchdowns. So, right, but Shreff said fifteen hundred yards. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. He would have to have like, like a Cooper Cup pace the rest of the way. Cooper Cup twenty twenty one. All right, Kyle Pitts. All right, bonus one, nice. I want to. Oh my god! I, this I, is I, this I, is just sad. I'd love to know Johnny Smith's uh, total too. <laughs> that guy's a beat. Why, Johnny Smith their, looks, he looks huge. He's just their tight end. He's just their tight. Like Kyle Pitts just doesn't exist in this offense. Well, I think Johnny Smith. He just looks so dominant and huge. I don't know why he looks so big like on best, Sunday. He looks like the best tight end of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Kyle Pitts is on pace for four hundred and seventy-five yards and. And then four touchdowns. He doesn't have a touchdown. He's up pace for zero, probably. Receptions? Um, 40. I was going to say 44. 50 might be high. You guys are right right in the ballpark. 46 receptions for 514 and no touchdowns. Nice. He So far through this season, he has 11 catches for 121. That's like one game for Puka Nakua. Yeah, Puka, Puka had way, Puka had like fourteen for one fifty in week two, I think. Yeah. Actually, can can we have a quick uh, before we get into picks, Mitchell? Uh, your Desmond Ritter thoughts currently? I mean, Desmond Ritter's uh, Desmond Ritter Defender Club is a population of one, and it's just me. It's yeah, getting it's getting it's getting low. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, you know that segment. I don't. Did we do a segment where we're worried where we may be wrong? That would be my pick for this week. That would be a good segment. We can start doing that. I think. Yeah, I, th- I think you're wrong on them. Yeah, I think. I think it's possible. I. I. I saw Falcons fans floating out the idea of trading for Kyler, which was, I don't know. I feel like you're just compounding issues at this point, but that'd be so fun. It would. It would I be mean, really I... fun. It'd be really fun. But I just. I don't know. It feels risky. Man. Try to if Kyler is assuming he's like healthy and fully recovered, like yeah. trying to cover, trying to defend yeah. Kyler and Bijan in the backfield. Wow, yeah. it'd be fun. It'd be really fun. All right, it is time for our picks. Let's recap how we. Did. <laughs> There's the sigh. Let's recap how we did last week. Okay. 
So as I said in the beginning of the show, we, we're recording right now before Monday Night Football. One of my picks has to do with Monday Night Football, so we're not 100, 100% uh, knowing how I'm going to fare this week, but I went one and one in my spread picks. I had Baltimore plus two and a half, which feels kind of cheating because I picked that earlier in the week and the line moved to Ravens minus two. Sean Watson ruled out. So that hit with ease. And then I had the Cardinals plus 14, which looked kind of like it had some life midway through the game, but then the 49ers pulled away at the end. And I have the under in tonight's game, so we will see. By the time you're listening, you'll already have known if that uh, worked out or not. Jack went 1-2 and in the week, uh, had Chiefs minus 9.5, which honestly... What, 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 what was a worse bad beat, Shref, week two with the Niners-Rams or that one? Uh, I don't know. It's pretty close. It's it's really close. <laughs> it's really close. Yeah, referencing Patrick Mahomes sliding at the one yard line where he easily could have ran and uh, seemingly would have covered. Jack also had the Vikings minus four, which I doubted him for, but they won by I believe it was eight. And Jack moves to zero and four on his total picks, where the uh, Denver Chicago game went way over forty six. Now. <laughs> Chef is a one in eleven on the year. Uh, <laughs> I was watching the game. I was watching the Bills Dolphins game with a Bills fan. Oh, uh, it, it, it was it was over ten minutes in. It was over ten minutes in. And I, I told him that I told him about your struggles, and I told him that you picked Dolphins plus three, and that made him feel a lot better. So yeah, I'm sure it did. And it, as soon as the game started, I watched. Like I had the Eagles game on, so I was just following the score at one point. And I saw him trading scores. And as soon as I saw Buffalo score and Miami not score, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, that's the game the way it felt. Uh, Miami plus three did not hit at all. The Colts minus one and a half looked really bad in the beginning. Then the Colts tied really it up, good. goes to that overtime. And then Puka does, did what Puka does uh, and had score. Him in, had him in fantasy, so it made me feel better, but also way worse. Way worse. And... Uh, Shreff also picked the Steelers and Texans, which I I, I appreciate the good spirits, but... Uh, one team did their job. <laughs> yeah, one team did their job, and the other one didn't. So uh, I don't know if you heard about it, but the Steelers only scored six points. So I, yeah, yeah, I was made aware of it. <laughs> okay. So with that being said, I am currently, as it stands, 7-4. and four. Jack is 7-5, and five, and Shreff is 1-11. So I think Shreff should start. Re- I think Shreff should start researching the top tackle prospects now, uh, just to get ahead of his work. So we didn't agree on that this year. I'm not agreeing on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so week five, here we are. Uh, I'm just gonna real quick just pull up Fanduel just to make sure I'm getting the most updated lines, just in case something changed. But I'm up here first, and I'm gonna go with uh, the Green Bay Packers, who play on Monday Night Football next week. Against the Las Vegas Raiders, the Packers are favored by one and a half points. Since 2019, which is the time that Matt LaFleur has uh, been the Packers head coach, he is first in against the spread after a loss. The Packers are 14 and five. It's covering at 73.7%. They're tied for first against the spread overall at 45 and 30, covering at 60%. And they're seventh against the spread in that span uh, with a rest advantage. And they're 12 and seven at 63.2% covering. 
Also don't know if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo will be back or if we'll be seeing Aiden O'Connell again. Uh, I'm not really sure if it makes that much of a difference. I still really like Packers minus one and a half, no matter who the quarterback is. So I feel pretty good about locking the Packers in. Jack, you were up. Uh, my FanDuel's not loading. I'll defer to Shreff while he can go first while mine loads. Oh, good. Don't treat Shreff like a Make-A-Wish kid. Come on. No, I mean, I, my things just won't load. I also deserve it. Um, I don't know. If I'm gonna Shreff, go down, are, are, have you looked at these yet? Or are you employing yeah, no, the same I strategy as last week? There's, there's no such thing as a strategy anymore. I'm just going to... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the bet on good team strategy. I'm just gonna take the Chiefs to cover five and a half against the Vikings. Um, this defense isn't good. The Vikings defense, the Chiefs offense is good. They struggled a little against the Jets. Um, I think even though they won the game, they're gonna come out a little pissed off after the way it went. Um, I think they probably felt like they should have won that game by a lot of points. They did not. Um, I think they're gonna take it out on the on the Vikings. And I still like the Chiefs defense, even though the um, Jets kind of had their way with them. Um, I don't know. Five and a half seems low. I feel like by I feel like by the time the game starts, that line might move more in favor of the Chiefs. So I'm gonna I'm gonna grab it at five and a half. Hey, might as well go down swinging with Patrick Mahomes. That's, that's what I mean. If it, it if I'm gonna lose because of Patrick Mahomes, then whatever. At this point, it, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, you did say that about the Dolphins. You said, uh, "Oh yeah, if I lose, if I don't, if I don't win after well, a team scored seventy points, then what I am gonna say is like, as soon as I made those picks and like we logged off and everything, like I honestly felt still good about the other two. As soon as I bet that game, I was like, oh, but I don't like the Bills, Bills, and it was the Bills, <laughs> it was the Bills." Jack, is it loading for you? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, go ahead. Um, first one I like, I see. I'm gonna go to the Niners minus three and a half. Mm, I think that's, that's, the, that's the that's the first time this year one of my picks has gotten stolen. Oh, there you yeah, go. I I I don't fully trust this Cowboys team. Like everyone loves them, but they came out flat to the Cardinals, and I think they lose by four to the uh, the Niners at San Fran. So is it back yeah, just again, or Shref? Or no, because I'm because I technically have the back to back though, right? Yeah, it'll go Shref, then you, then me. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go big spread again. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lions minus eight and a half at home against the Panthers. Um, I the Lions D line is like legit, like legit, legit. Um, the Panthers' offensive line has been not good. Uh, Bryce Young has been also not good, but also not really given a chance to be good. Um, I think that will continue against this Lions defense. Um, I've been like wildly impressed by them throughout most of this season. Um, so I think they're going to you know, keep Bryce Young at bay. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball too much. And it feels like their offense is starting to starting to click on fire on all cylinders. Um, David Montgomery's a great lead back. I feel like we all kind of convinced ourselves on Jameer Gibbs, but kind of forgot how they used Jamal Williams last year and thought that they just wouldn't do that again. Um, they're very much doing it again. Uh, they got a lot of skills. More than awesome. Amon Ra still Amon Ra. Josh Reynolds has been really surprising. Um, yeah, this is just, I don't know, the Lions are just a much better team than the Panthers, and I was high on the Panthers this year, but I've, I've been very underwhelmed by them so far. So, Lions. All right. Fair enough. Jack, your second pick. 
Ooh, I feel like this is a tough one this week, and there's less to choose from because of some bye weeks, right? Yes, there is, and I, I was going to comment tomorrow. on. I was going to comment on that as well. Um, c- considering we're recording on Monday, and I had a slightly less time to prepare. My strategy this week was just going with what I thought, and then like looking at what they were, and seeing which ones had the biggest disparity, and then kind of base my value off of that. And I was pretty close on all, on pretty much all of them, especially the totals. Like I was within a point uh, on a lot of these, so it was it was very tough. Green Bay was the only one where I felt like kind of good about. Oh, you took Green Bay? They were my first pick. Yeah, that, that oh, was okay. that was the first pick. Yeah, I like that one. I like Green Bay minus one and a half. Uh. I'll do a total. Why not? Ooh. Let's try to get it. Mm. Get it. Get it. <laughs> I'll go. Uh oh. <laughs> I defer, I defer, I defer, I defer, I defer. Oh, you deferred oh, yeah. again. Two defers. Two, two defers. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm going to go with. Well, Jack did steal my one pick, which was the 49ers minus three and a half. I will be going with the uh, Jets plus two and a half. I thought about it, which might not be a good sign for you, but I thought about it. Oh, no. I didn't take well, it though. It all comes down to who I actually pick. So you did. What was the one that you said that you liked last week? Uh, oh, you liked Baltimore plus two and a half, and that one hit. Uh, so yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I didn't take it. That, that's why it hit. This is the way to go. Yeah. So I don't really have too much of a reasoning. That was my backup pick. The Jets plus two and a half. Uh, they looked pretty good on Sunday Night Football, despite the loss. And the Broncos, even though they won, they probably beat the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. So. And still I think barely these te- beat them. Yeah, right. And 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 they were down big, though. I think they were down twenty-eight to seven at one point. Seven. So yeah. I'll go with the Jets. I want to root for them, uh, just because it's the Sean Payton Nathaniel Hackett game, and I want to root for the Nathaniel Hackett side of that. So I'll go with the Jets plus two and a half. And I I, I do think they're the, even though both teams have their shortcomings, I think the Jets defense is the is the X factor and can you know, get it done, hold the Broncos to, you know, probably like 17 points or less. So I'll go with the Jets there. Jack, are you ready? Uh, Yeah, I think I'm ready. I'm going to go. Ready. I know I don't I don't love it, but I'm going to go the over in the Lions Panthers game. 45 flat. Okay. Any reasoning why? Um, I think the Panthers' defense is just as bad. Or, I think the Lions can do what they did. The Packers' defense is the, sorry, they can do what they they can do to the Panthers' defense. What they did to the Packers' defense last Thursday, they put up thirty four. Just leaves the Panthers to score like ten. Which they haven't looked great, but like, can can, can they do that? That's the question. They can. They did. They put up twenty-seven against the Seahawks week two. 
with Dalton. They, 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 scored, they scored six points on Dalton offense this play. week. So, Yeah, other than that, they scored, like, I think, 13, 13, and 17. Like, it's... One of them was a defensive touchdown, though, so... I mean, those things happen. Well, I don't know. actually, you know what, Jack? You have you have my Lions bet on your side, so I feel like with that happening, you might get some Panthers points. Yeah. True. Gotta keep that in mind. So I'm going to go with that. All right. Very nice. Uh, my next pick here, I am going to pick my total, and I'm going to be going with the Eagles-Rams under 49 and a half. Uh, don't have any like like da- data points to back that up. I just think that the Eagles, since they didn't really have the best week running the ball last week, are going to kind of try to get back to that, which in theory should run the clock more. And the Rams defense has looked uh, pretty decent. You know, I-, I wouldn't say decent, but better than expected. And their pass defense is definitely worse. Sorry, their rush defense is definitely worse than their pass defense. The rush defense is ranked uh, 14th and the pass defense ranked 7th so far. So I just think the Eagles probably want to get back to their true identity. And I think that lends itself to potentially the under. So I just think 49 and a half seemed a little too high. Uh, Again, didn't love any of these totals by any means, but I think that one was the one at least that stood out to me the most. So under 49 and a half in the Eagles Rams. Jack, uh, your second spread. Uh, I like this one. It's a lo- it's a big spread, but I'm gonna take Commanders by seven. Nice. They look they look good on Sunday. Bears stink. They're home. Um, so yeah, I like it. Do you guys like it? I mean, I don't know what works for me, but I I do like their that defensive line is gonna eat against that Bears offensive yeah. line. Like pretty much the See, whole game, I imagine. It opened at five and I liked it at like four. It was like four and a half and five, I think it started at. And I I liked it then, but I'm s I am do not know about now. It's kind of rising. I think a lot of people are gonna be on the commanders, and that makes me like who who in their right mind could bet comfortably on the Bears right now? I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So that that makes me think like, I don't know. Makes it seems a little fishy to me, but you know, I mean they're, they're bad. So betting against the Bears is never a bad idea. Uh, Shref, round us off here. Yeah, I'm going to go. Unders aren't fun to root for, so I feel like I want to take an over. And I'm going to do a bit of a weird one here, but I'm going to... I can't get too cute. I can't get too cute. (laughs) I I thought about getting too cute. (laughs) I am in no place to get too cute right now. Mm. I'm going to go... I'm actually going to go... I'm going to go Titans-Colts over 42.5 on this one. Um... I think we saw the Titans offense maybe find a little something this past week. Ryan Tannehill like looked like a very good quarterback. Um, it seems like they're kind of starting to find their strides. I know their defense has been like kind of unstoppable so far, at least against the run. But it seems like Steichen has Anthony Richardson playing pretty good football. I know it was a little bit of a struggle in the first half against the Rams. But we saw in the second half what he can do. They can score quick when they need to. And even though it's a divisional matchup, I – I think it's going to be a little more a little more high scoring than we would maybe be led to think. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over forty two and a half. Very nice. Our picks this week: I have the Packers minus one and a half, the Jets plus two and a half, and the Eagles Rams under forty nine and a half. 
Jack has the uh, 49ers minus three and a half, the Commanders minus seven, and the Panthers Lions over 45. And then Trev has the Chiefs minus five and a half, the Lions minus eight and a half, and the Titans Colts over 42 and a half. My only honorable mention was a total I was debating was uh, the Saints Patriots over 39 and a half. I think that's the lowest. It's so risky. Oh, the Steelers Ravens actually moved to the lowest of the week of 38 and a half. It was at 40 earlier today, but I thought but about yeah. that one, but I couldn't fall for the Matt Canada trap two weeks in a row. No, definitely not. Some are saying you're the Matt Canada of sports betting, Jeff. I, I I certainly might be. I don't not not I, not the title I don't you pick want. Well, I don't pick well until I have a lead. <laughs> yeah, Jeff's sure. picks aren't built to come from behind. No, so no, they're not. They're not. All right, folks, that is this week's episode. I'm going to go watch Monday Night Football for the under and go football. Go football. Yep. Yeah.